0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the We Like Wrestling Podcast. I'm here with Jill and we have a very special guest today, Mr. Mean
1: Mark Mest. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Um, I appreciate it. Now,
0: tell everybody, you know, who you are. Obviously, they know your name,
2: but they don't know your backstory, so. Sure, right. Well, um, I actually started uh, wrestling training back in uh, – April of 1991. So do the math. This is 30 years that I will be in the wrestling business. Um, uh, I had my first professional match um, July 27th or 28th. i It's been so long, but it's. Uh, but it's July 27th or 28th of 91. Uh, matter of fact, I just turned 18 on July 3rd because in the state of PA, you need to be 18 to be a professional wrestler. You need to be able to do be, be on a show. So, but, um, so I started training at 17, had my first match at 18. And then, um, uh, my brother followed me about six months later and we were training and, um, uh, our trainer, Jimmy Dio, uh, maniac Jimmy Dio who was pretty well known in the area still kind of is in the Reading area at least. Um, he was getting out of the business, and uh, he was going to shut down the wrestling school. And my brother and I said, "Hey, what do you think if we bought the the, the you know the school and everything?" And I was like, "I don't know. I mean, I, at that point, I'm like nineteen, ready to go on twenty. What do I know? You know, my brother's seven years older than me, so he's through college and stuff. So we said, like, okay, you know. So my brother and I we talked about. You know, do we uh, want to get to, the, you know, buy the school from from Jimmy? And we're like, like I said, I'm 19 going on 20. My brother's seven years older than I am. So we thought it over and we're like, all right, you know what? Let's do it. So June 24th, 1993, Jimmy actually found a place in Blandon, uh, a new place uh, because it's been the the old schools were on 5th Street. One was 405 South 5th Street. The other one was 111, 115 South 5th Street. Or no, I'm sorry, 115, 117 South 5th Street in Reading. And uh, Jimmy wanted to get out of the, the city and he found a place that he was going to originally go to before he decided to just give it up. So, uh, June 24th, my brother and I of 1993, we uh, Signed the contract, we paid them, and uh, we opened the, the school. Kept it; it was Dio's Dungeon. We kept it as Dio's Dungeon for the longest time. Business wise, it's Dio's Dungeon. We just call it the Dungeon now. As a matter of fact, we kind of call it like Dungeon University, but um, but we've been in that same facility since '93, so it's it's been a long time. But so, thirty years in the wrestling business, we've been training guys for the past. 28 years give or take. So, uh, but um, we started out training guys because we were green yet. We were doing ring rentals where we would take the ring to a show, you know, and whatnot all. And we still do that today. But um, as our name got out there, we did more and more rentals, trained more guys. And uh, we did it with a lot of word of mouth. We didn't really advertise a lot because money was tight, you know. You know, it was, you know, it's not like we were setting the world on fire or anything, but, you know, but uh, it just kept building and building and building. And uh, so we get here today. So as you
0: started, you know, your career, you just went right into a school then. That's,
2: uh, yeah, very unheard of and very, like, yeah. you know, you know, people say you're too green, you know, and you know, you guys shouldn't be training when they're only in 2 or 3 years and uh yeah, it's uh it's really unheard of but the one thing that uh when we started wrestling back then you get to realize there was no internet. There there was no cell phones um during Hamburg when we ran Hamburg Fieldhouse when The Savoldis, IWCCW, and when Jimmy ran it, the IWA, two separate locker rooms. You know, they had the faces. They had the heels. You know, I was a face, you know. And, you know, when we did TV tapings in there, a lot of times we didn't know who we were wrestling. So we were thrown to the wolves, meaning, like, there's a lot of times, like, you may wrestle two or three times in the night. There's 25, 30 matches on the card. You just, you know, you go over the wall and you're looking going, oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm here, you know. And you're looking at these guys and like, who are they? Like, who am I wrestling? You know what we used? Intercoms. <laughs> the old one on there. go Hello, is anybody there? <laughs> you know? And uh, so you, you learned real quick, like, if you're going to learn to wrestle, because you had to call it all out there in the ring. You know, you couldn't sit there and talk over your match for an hour or two hours, what you want to do. It was like, hey, we have four minutes. I'll see you out there. Or we have five minutes. Or we have six minutes. I'll see you out there. What's the finish? This. Okay. I'll see you out there. You know, and it was it was rough. Somebody that's in six months, eight months, you know, they started doing that. You know, you're either going to sink or you're going to swim you know so i mean i will say this like you know even though we started training early in the business like we learned from a lot of great people when we were young you know guys like king kalua who is still around today wrestled tom brandy you know those guys you know would lead you through a match like there's no you know just like a hot night through butter he goes you know you stick with them and you'll have a wonderful match a lot of a lot of vets back then that aren't around anymore like you'd wrestle them and they would just lead you through a match but as long as you listened and that was the key is to listen if you listened you never had any issues you know yeah. um if you want to one of the stories if you here's a story for you um i was the one night at hamburger we doing a taping and um i was wrestling twice the first hour uh Sometimes you get to wrestle a student from the school, which is kind of cool because you're to put stuff together, which didn't happen very often, but it did. Um, the, there was two kids that come in. They were twins, the uh, Skikalski twins. Um, they, uh, uh, so they, the, the, the booker and stuff says, hey, I want you to squash them in 30 seconds. Okay. Like, literally 30 seconds. I'm like, all right. So... Um, we, t- I talked to him a little bit, we did our, you know, did our thing. I threw him in the corner. I splashed them. They fell down. I slammed the one guy on top. I splashed them. One, two, three. I mean, it was over like, a, you know, I was over big the second hour. I wrestled a guy named Bobby bald Eagle. Now this is a guy that had a lot of experience, so I'm thinking like, okay. You know, the only thing he said to me was, Hey kid, can you catch me? <laughs> yeah, sure. I can catch you, no problem. So we're out there, you know, the first time I, I didn't meet him beforehand. I just, I met the first time I ever met him in my life out in the rain. So we're doing our thing. And, uh, you know, he's telling me what to do. I, I slammed him. He goes, Splash me. I was like, Okay, I'll splash him. I go to splash. He moves. Okay. I'm like, I didn't. Wow. All right. So from that, he picks me up. He sends me across the ring. Now, granted, at that time, I wasn't as big, but I was probably 275, 280, and he's 160, 165. Now, this is where the hearing comes into play because he shoots me across the ring, and I thought he said back bump. When I hit the ropes and came back, he, he, he was bent over. He said backdrop <laughs> uh. and I was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, at that point in time, like, I'm just like, he's the vet. I go with the flow. So I tried to get over, you know, I didn't go very well. I kind of fell off on the side. Uh, you know, he finally, and with the whole catching thing was the high cross body up the top. I caught him for the high cross body. One, two, three, I get beat. Pretty much a squash after I just squashed somebody <laughs> the, the hour before. So I'm thinking I did wrong because I'm thinking, like, you know, that spot was bad. Well, you know, he's from the heel locker room. So I go back to the face. He goes to the heel. And, uh, um, one of the students that was, that was with us was there. And he said that when he came to the back locker room, not only did the promoter and, and the booker rip on him, but guys like uh, Tony Atlas, um, Vic Steamboat, who was pretty big back then. And even Taz were ripping into this guy going, why in the world did you call a backdrop on this guy? He's like, oh, I thought I could get him over. He goes, you're 160. He's 280. Like, what is wrong with you? You know? So I I was lucky enough that even though I was new, you know, I didn't get any flack from it. It wasn't my fault because I didn't call it and I just tried to do the best I could. So what's it so, like? Uh, sorry. What's it like to, uh, you know, have those
0: botches and then, you know, you beat yourself up over it? Or- but it may not be your fault. You know, what's it like to recover from a botch, whether it's your fault or somebody else's?
2: Well, I mean, I guess a lot of it depends how bad it is. I mean, uh, I know early in my career, like I shouldn't say even early, but as up until the last, I'll say seven, eight years, like I, I never wanted to have a botch. Like I, you know, and if it happened, if it wasn't, if it was something small i didn't you know but it was something big i i you know i took it personal you know i didn't always blame the other person but i blame myself but it's it's one of them feelings where like if the especially if the crowd really notices it and like they're like oh and you could just hear like the air go out of them like if they were into the match and something like that happens you just hear them go oh and you're like oh god why did you effed up chance <laughs> right 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 exactly you know so you know it's one of them like you just kind of like can i get them back on track you know and you and you you, know, you patch it the best you can you know stuff's going to happen out there and it's going to go wrong sometimes and you patch it up you get through it you go home and uh, i know a lot of times like there for the longest time i beat myself up going i should have never have done that I, you know I should have known better this, you know, or I should have changed something because I knew that was going to happen, but I didn't. But then I learned like, eventually, like, you know, after talking with other guys that have been around just as long as me or longer going, Hey, life moves on. You just can't, you can't, you know, just get to sit there and dwell over something. you learn from your mistakes and you move on, you know, and I've learned that you're right. I mean, we fail, but like that's how we learn. So, yeah, it was a mistake, and maybe the crowd, you know, caught on to it, and it was one of them, like, oh, crap. But it's a learning it's a learning curve to go, okay, if I'm ever in that situation again, I know what to do, you know? And there's a lot of them out there. There's probably hundreds of them, but it's one of them things where you just try to learn from your mistakes and just try
0: to better yourself. And it's one of those moments where, like, the, the fans nowadays, you know, you might get a, a "you fucked up" chant, but y- you know y- they're not taking it seriously in a way. But you know, back in the eighties, nineties, it was like this guy really messed up. You know what the hell? It's oh yeah, you're you're oh you're yeah, a they sports were, athlete. They know? were
2: yeah back then. They were harsh. I mean, the business was more closed back then too. Like even though some people were smart, but not like it is today. But being that it was closed back then when you screwed up, yeah. Especially, like, if you were at the arena and you screwed up, you know, they let you know it, (laughs) you know. And, uh, I mean, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it like, oh, boy, you know, I really screwed up, and, you know, you fucked up, Chance. But at the same time, they'll remember you. So it kind of like – so the next time it happens, you know, maybe they're looking for it, and if it doesn't happen – you know, okay, the kid's gotten better, so, you know, it, it kind of, like, can work in your favor. You just that you got to let it work in your favor, though. I'm going to go uh,
0: behind the scenes here a little bit, but I, I've noticed, you know, you're performing in front of a live crowd. It's different, but with tapings, you know, you can, mm-hmm. especially at the dungeon, um, you mess up, you can redo that. You know, it's... I've I've witnessed it a couple times. You know, it, it's right. one of those things where, like, if people haven't worked together long enough, or you know, there's there's going to be mistakes. So sure, it's, right, and that goes back to you know, fans are smarter now. Uh, you know, not oh, yeah. saying that they're d- that they're dumb back then, but you know, it's internet right. and you know, there's no more
2: mm-hmm. heels and faces have to be separate. You know, it's the the Fave has. Yeah. I don't, I don't think K Fabe is dead. I just think that it's blurred because it's open so much. You know, when they said, oh, it's all sports entertainment and, yes, um, you know, matches are predetermined and this and that and whatnot all, you know, everybody starts using the big F word, you know, yeah. it's all fake. Mm, well, if it's fake, how comes my knees are shot? You know, that, I need yeah, two I, new knees. How's that fake? <laughs> you know?
1: Well, I've always said, like, when people say that, the the fake word, okay, well, then go in, let this guy body slam you. See how fake it feels. You know what I mean? Right. But,
2: uh, um, well, you know, everybody likes to talk the talk, and then until it's time to step up, they're like, no, 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 I don't want to, you know.
1: So you were saying before, and I've listened to other uh, shoot interviews, stuff like that, where they would say back in the day, like, Heels and faces were separate, and they would have a go between and stuff, and about calling stuff in the ring. Do you think it's better for stuff to be just called in the ring, or quote unquote overproduced in the back? Do you think matches are better if they're just called in the ring?
2: Yeah, I I believe that you know the old school still works. Like, um, here's here's the difference. At least in, in my opinion, is if you put something together, okay, and we say we string it along, we have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, okay? Now, and, you know, you have that string along for the match, okay? And you go over it and go over it and go over, it and that's fine. Now, what happens halfway through, you take a big bump, a little spill or something, all of a sudden, you don't know the next spot. Or if the guy you're working Forgets as well. Now you guys are two-legged deer and headlights going. Yeah, that's oh, where injuries can happen. I don't know. I don't know. So now you're improvising anyway because you know, okay. And that's happened to me where we've I've I've done smashes where I put stuff together, not the full match, but like spots like, hey, we're gonna get, we're gonna go from A to B, and B to C, but between A and B, there's a lot of stuff that we're just gonna fill in. And B and C we're gonna fill in too, so we just have to get to A to get to B. But there's times though when you're like out there and you'll you'll take a big double clothesline or some kind of big double bump, and I'm laying there going, I don't know what's next. I'm thinking that in my head now I'm selling, and you know, and then multitasking because one, you're first you're, you're selling, you know, you're selling to the crowd. Ah, uh, next thing you're thinking going, what's next? Listen to the ref, because he's counting, so you can't lay down here for 10. Listen to the crowd. What are they doing? So now you're putting all this together going, I don't know. What's next? Maybe as you're getting up, you go to the ref. Hey, ask the guy what the next spot is. And the ref, go, if you got a good ref, he goes over to, do you know what it is? Hopefully he does. If he doesn't, nope. Okay, guess what? You know what? Then we just have to, you know. We'll figure something out as we go and, and call it on the fly. If you did that from the start, you wouldn't have to worry about that. That pressure is off of you. I mean, have an opening, have a finish. Maybe there's a big turnaround, but if you call everything out there, that means you don't have to worry about going from A to B to C to D to E. You don't have to remember. All right. All you you know, all you have to remember is like, hey, there's that. We have a turnaround spot that we're going to do. And then we got to get to the finish. That's it. So other than that, you're out there just listening to the crowd, you know, and as a, like, if I was a baby face, you know, like if I'm out there as a baby and I was, you know, I chop somebody they're going one more time, one more time. I'm like, you know, I'll go over, you know, I was like, should I, and I'll play to the crowd, you know, do it again. You know, if they say it again, you're like, now I'm filling time, you know, for my stuff until I finally tell the guy, Hey, poke me, rake my eyes, you know, and, you know, let's get some heat back, you know. So right. you don't have to worry about sticking to what you need to know. I mean, but that's my opinion. Like, call it on the fly. Um, when I was early in Hamburg, because we did a lot of shows in Hamburg, it, was, it wasn't it was a TV taping, it was a house show. My brother and I wrestled Jimmy Dio, and I don't know if you guys have heard of Morgus the Maniac.
1: You know. No, sound familiar. He's from
2: Maryland. He is. He's from Maryland. He doesn't wrestle anymore, but he was. He was a really good guy. Really, I think he. I don't think he wrestles anymore. He's. He's probably. I'm sure he's older than I am. But uh, uh, but we were main event at the show, and I said to Jimmy because Jimmy's you know our trainer, promoter, he promoted it all. I go, what's the finish? He goes, I don't know. Okay. Now, Corinne, he's taking care uh, of, we're main, of course. They're taking, he's taking care of all the show. We get the main event time. I'm like, who's over? And he goes, we're over. I'm like, how? Don't know. Just go. Okay. So they went out as heels. We came out. Re-wrestled 25 minutes. Didn't call a single thing. Wow. Didn't even know the finish. Just knew that they were over at some point. And the only reason I kind of knew we were going to the end, because it was just back and forth, back and forth. And towards the end, all I remember is uh, um, Troy was in the ring. Jimmy came over, and he pulled me off the apron. He posted me and say, stay down. Okay. I took the post. I stayed down. As I tried to get up, uh, I think they hit a DDT or on Troy or something. Even Troy's like, is this it? He goes, yep, that's it. One, two, three, and, you know, 25 minutes later, yeah. you know, and we just played to the crowd, you know, and Jimmy, you know, even though he was a local, he was a heel. So they kind of, you know, they like, didn't like him. So it was easy to play off, you know, but we just played back and forth, back and forth for 25 minutes, you know, and we didn't have to worry about calling anything. We just knew that they were over and when it was going to happen, it was going to happen. So, you know, so, honestly, in my opinion, going back to everything, I think calling it on the fly is you get your best matches that way. You know.
1: Oh,
0: man. Um, in your career, have you preferred to be heel or baby face? Uh, I think most of the time that I've seen you, you were probably heel.
2: Um, you know, I like playing both. You know, people always say, oh, heel's better, easier. See – and, and see, I always look at it differently. Like, if I'm going to be a heel, that means I'm controlling the match. That means I need to get the crowd to hate me. I need to get the crowd to get behind this guy, whoever I'm facing. So that means if I have to – I have to do whatever it takes to get them to, you know, the story of, you know, it's usually probably – you know, unless it's a guy near my size – It's, you know, David and Goliath, you know, type of thing. And I have to make them believe that this guy's going to beat me, you know. And if it's, you know, depending on the size and what we do, you know, if he does beat me, I got to make it believable, you know. So um, I like doing both, you know. I mean, but I I take the heel side seriously just because, you know, again, you know, the heels should take control, you know, because – If you listen, if you talk to people in the business, oh, heel's easy. I can just kick and punch and, you know, yeah, you can. A heel kicks, punches, chokes, whatever, but a good heel will tell the story. A good heel will tell the baby to fire up. A good heel will tell the baby, come on, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So then the crowd goes up, down, up, down, you know, because you want that wave of excitement. You know, if it's just level, the crowd just sits there on their hands going, hmm. You know, it's like a live intermission. You want them to be all like, yeah, boo, you know. And if you don't do that from the start and you don't get them to get who's the heel, who's the baby, it's tough to get them into it. So it has to go from curtain to curtain as well.
1: And and with being a heel, too, it's played to the
2: crowd, knowing when to cut
1: off the baby Mm -hmm. face, all that stuff.
2: Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and then that's, that's like the multitasking out there. Like, you know, you're out there as the heel. Now you're listening. Like I said, you know, you're listening to the crowd, you're selling, you know, the ref, you know, if, if you got, if somebody's down or we're both down, there's a lot that you have to process. It's not just like, okay, you know, we're just laying here. I'm going to get up. I'm going to beat him down again. And that's the way it's going to be. No, there's gotta be like, okay, what's happening here? Where are we at in the match? Are we halfway? Are we going home? You know. You know what? Where are we at? Because you know that's important. So yeah, as the heel, you know, you have a lot of responsibility, and a lot of people don't understand that. Like, you know, yes, being a heel can be easy. To be a good heel, that that's that's a lot harder. Um, When did you,
0: uh, or I should say, how did you start teaming with? uh, your brother and where did the name come from and all of that? And what was it uh, like? Well, different?
2: uh, well, my brother and I, we started teaming as baby faces as we were the big, uh, we were the big farm boys from Oly, And, uh, we teamed for the longest time. Uh, we teamed for about four. Yeah. Like 95, 96, um, uh, PCW came into play in Reading about 90, end of 95, 96. And they go, Hey, we want you to turn heel. They wanted me to turn heel. And I was like, okay. So I would turn on my brother, you know, type of thing to be a heel. We faced each other a couple of times. Uh, matter of fact, over the title, over the heavyweight title. So, but, um, uh, but, teaming with my brother. I, I love it. You know, like, and, you know, being brothers, legit brothers, like we, we knew, we know what we're doing. Like, you know, I just have to look at him, you know, tag. And I have to say one word for like a tag spot. He knows it. Same way with me. You know, he says one word. I know, You know I'm on the same wavelength with him. So teaming with him was, is like one of the easiest things. And I always love teaming because we always had that chemistry. No matter what we did, we knew where we were. We knew where we had to go in a match. You know, so if one got lost, the other one knew where we were at, you know. So it was always like, you know, you know, if he didn't have it, I did. If I didn't have it, he did. So, no, I loved, I loved every single moment of it because, you know, we had some really good matches tag-wise. Uh, you, you run the dungeon.
1: Um, is You've you heard horror stories of schools in the past that would just take guys' money. Are you one of them schools that, like, If you don't see something in a guy, you will tell him, like, this isn't even for you. I wouldn't waste your time.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, we do the tryouts and stuff and see if there's potential, you know. And, you know, it's like anything. It's like if there's some kind of potential, we'll see what we can do. But down the road, um, maybe, you know, if wrestling isn't, you know, maybe on their scope right away, maybe managing or refereeing, you know, to still be part of it. You know, I I don't, you know, we try to, you know, you know, I know everybody has dreams, you know, they come in there, they want to do something, they want to be part of it. And I get that. So, you know, it may not be what they want to hear. Like, Hey, you know what? We're training for a while. It's not working out, but maybe not wrestling. Why don't you ref or why don't you become a manager? You know, if they can talk really well, you can become a manager. You could still be at ringside, still train because maybe one day you'll wrestle. Maybe it's just going to take them longer. But, you know, we try to point them in a direction of refereeing or managing something to keep them involved that way, you know, uh, and especially like if they're you know, if they're not really big, you know, uh, you could do the thing where, um, uh, they could ref for the longest time and then eventually get out of the ref situation and into a match. But, um, you know, unless like somebody comes in and has like zero potential would we'll say, look, you know, this isn't, you know, this, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to make this. This isn't for you because as I tell every student that comes through, uh, I don't want to waste your time or waste your money and, You know, and I don't want to waste my time because if I don't see anything in you, you know, I'm sorry, you know, but if there is some potential, you know, then we'll see what we can do. And then I will say, what about this? You know, if they don't want to ref or they don't want to manage, you know, then I can say, look, you know, you can go through this, but, you know, you have a lot of work ahead of you. And, you know, if you want this, you're really going to have to put the effort into it. You know, and if I leave it up to them if they really want to do it then. Because like I said, it's everybody has a certain potential. But, you know, if I don't see the potential to be have to become a wrestler, you know, they're gonna to have to work extra harder than anybody else that has, you know, at least some kind of potential to be that to be a wrestler. What would you say
0: is the uh the hardest part to uh get get going as far as a student coming in training? Would it be the, the in-ring stuff or would it be the talking or, you know? Uh,
2: a lot of it. I mean, there's, like, it depends on the person. Um, just like it, like every person coming in has their own ability to do things. Like, um, a lot of students are the, – the in-ring is definitely the, a big thing. Ring psychology, putting stuff together—that can take years to learn. To get you know, put moves where it needs to be. Um, the other thing is being on the mic, being able to cut that promo. You know, there's a lot of people that come in and are afraid to talk. You know, so you know, unless you have the gift of gab, you know, you know, you're gonna have to go sh- in the ring and you're gonna have to prove yourself in there. So it it can be many different points that have issues. I mean, so it's hard to say, but I've noticed a lot. It comes with ring psychology, putting stuff together, and then cutting promos, talking on the mic, talking in front of people because eventually if you want to make it somewhere big, you're going to be talking in front of a lot of people.
1: Yeah, And with the school thing, too, I've seen stuff in the past. Uh, like WWE used to have that toughen up and stuff. And just the exercise regimen too Though sometimes they say is super tough like 500 hindu squats stuff like that right so some guys don't even make it past that because they just can't physically keep up
2: right yeah and see and that's the thing like troy and i have been always different with that like i understand you know like when years ago when we first started training and as the years went by like I understand, like, you know, endurance, and that sounds very important. Don't get me wrong. But I feel that I'm wasting my time if I'm telling you to do 500 hindu squats, 250 push-ups, 250 sit-ups, go run a couple laps, and then we're going to train. Because, yeah, like I said, endurance is huge. But back then, learning how to wrestle was... Just as important, if not more. Like, if you could wrestle and you could put on a match, you could be three years in the business. You didn't back then, they didn't have – it was different, too. They had gimmicks. You know, there was a lot of bigger guys that, you know, couldn't do 500, you know, sit-ups in, or, or, you know, squats and whatnot all. But they could go out there and put on a five- to eight-minute match, and the crowd goes wild over it. Gimmick wise, you know. So, you know, I always, Troy. And I always said, like, you guys want to, you guys need to get in better shape, but do it on your time. Don't do it on our time. I'm going to teach you how to wrestle. I want to teach you how to lock up. I'm going to teach you how to, you know, do ring psychology. I want to teach you how to talk on a mic. I want to teach you, you know, ring awareness. I want to teach you all this stuff. You know, I'm going to teach you how to wrestle so you wrestle good, so you have a wrestling foundation. But that's only going to work. If you better yourself. So, I mean, so you guys need to do that outside, go to the gym, you know, get in better shape, you know, be that incentive to do it. You know, I know now schools are doing all that stuff. Now the only trouble is I feel that they're lacking, like, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not shooting down that, you know, that I agree that I think, you know, endurance and being able to go, go, go is super important. Because TV nowadays is about go, go, go. You know, if they're in if you know like you watch Raw and their matches maybe six, seven minutes long, but they're always moving. There, there's hardly any downtime. So, yeah, that takes a lot to continue to move. You know, so yes, I believe that endurance is super important. But at the same time, if you don't know how to wrestle and you can't throw a punch, and you can't throw a forearm, and you can't grab a headlock.
1: Endurance isn't going to mean anything.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, so without without that knowledge of learning how to wrestle, you've got nothing. I don't care how much you can run. I don't care if you can run 10 miles. But if you can't put that headlock on right, you can't punch somebody, you can't do a hip toss right, you can't do a move without hurting somebody, what do you got? You know, so that's why I always believe in learning how to wrestle. Get better on, you know. If you want to do this, you'll find time outside of the training to get yourself in better shape. So I had
0: a tryout. I think I was maybe twenty, twenty-one, um, and it was it was one of those things where like I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but I didn't know for sure until I got in the ring. And I'll tell you what, taking those bumps, man, that, <laughs> every part of my body was hurting the next day. Um, and I, I, I didn't go back, not because I was hurting and it wasn't for me, but it, I, I was taking some time. I was going to see if I can get into shape and everything. But doing what I'm doing now and doing the you know, behind the scenes stuff with Outbreak and everything, it's like I, I enjoy that a lot more. You know, I'm still doing something with wrestling, and it's it's fun. You know, so that goes back to what you were saying. You know, even if you have a tryout or whatever, you can still do other things.
2: Sure, there's a lot of things you can do, and there's a lot of you know. To me, it has to be fun. Like, you know, a lot of people ask, like, oh, you know, you're still around, you're still in the wrestling business, but I'm like. Because I love it, I, I think it's fun. Now I can produce matches if I'm an agent or I'm in the gorilla position, and I'm, all right, guys. You guys, at this amount of time, and I'm helping control and I'm, put matches together to make them, you know, go out there. And those guys are just killing it, you know, whether they're a student of mine or not. Being able to be part of that and going, man, look, you know what? The beauty. The crowd reacts to them they're all good and they're all you know like things are going great that stuff there is is just like it's no better feeling like i mean it, it's i mean don't get me wrong like being in the ring it was always fun you know this is the crowd At the end of the day like you know you did your part and you, you know you entertained and the people loved you for it and everything but like to being able to see my kids grow up in this business, all the students, my kids—I call them my kids—they're going out there and they're killing it, and they're putting on good matches. You know, it brings a tear to my eye. You know, and being able to see the guys succeed at what they're doing—you know, maybe they don't, maybe not making it to WWE or maybe not making it to the bigger place—but going out there and doing what they love to do because I gave them the opportunity, I gave them the door to go, hey, come through this door, we're going to give you opportunity. Just got to take it. And they all did. They all have. You know, so yeah, I mean, there's so much you can do to be part of the business. And right now, you know, yeah, I'm going to be 48 soon. And yeah, you know, this is my 30th year. And, you know, I only wrestled 26 because, you know, I was sick. But, you know, right now I wouldn't change it for the world. Now,
0: I've seen you um, in the middle of producing and everything. And there are times where it gets stressful. You know, there's a lot of multitasking and stuff. Um, how different is it compared to being in the ring? You know, you're you're doing your own match and you, you got to try to put on the best show possible for yourself as opposed to, you know, doing all this camera work and all this, you know, talking in everybody's ear to put on a great show. How different is that?
2: It's definitely different than what it used to be. I mean, like from going from one to another, it's you know you work you know, you know in your match you only to worry about your match you know you don't have to worry about anybody else's match unless somebody asks you. But now, you know, you become like I don't want to say the general, but you become you know, and everybody looks up to me, which I really appreciate. Like you know, Rob Noxious calls me the Godfather of wrestling, which. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I don't feel that way, but you know, I'm I'm very humbled that you know that people come to me for advice and everything, but you know, now it can be stressful because you have multiple matches that gotta be put together and you know you we want it to be done right, and there's are you know a lot of twists and turns and things that have to get done every match if there's an angle it's gonna happen, something's gotta be. So it's gotta be, it's gotta be done right, you know, and that can get very stressful because if it doesn't go off the way you want it to, you know, maybe the crowd takes a little differently and it just, you know, but yeah, it's a different animal. It's a very different animal, you know, and it's a little, it is a little stressful, but you know, between editing and, and being backstage, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll meet up with that head to head every single time. And
0: following up that question, how different is it, um, you know, producing and running things at live shows compared to tapings, you know, because like I said earlier, tapings, you can, wait, that didn't go right, let's redo it, you know.
2: Yeah, live shows, it's it's once and done. There is no, hey, let's retake. It's, it's going to happen and, you know, you got to move forward. So, yeah, it's, tapings are good because you can learn from your mistakes, but at the same time, the matches that are done at tapings if they're, going to do, if they're going to do matches, when they do the matches at the live shows, that has to be more calculated, you know, because it's a bigger risk because there is no do-over. So, but the producing thing,
1: when you have a guy that's hard to produce, how do you handle that?
2: Um, well, it's like anything. Like, you know, uh, as a wrestler, you, learn, you have to learn to protect your brand, and you know, who you are. And I get that. But if you're not going to play ball, with the company that you're, you know, that's want to bring you in, that's going to be the issue, you know. Yes, you have to protect who you are, you know, you want to protect protect your character, your brand, you know, you don't want to be that guy that's always been taken, you know, advantage of, but at the same time, if a company's asking you to come in and play ball, and you don't want to play ball, you're not going to, you know, you're going to burn bridges fast, you know. It would be no different if, like, Vince wanted to hire you, Hey, want to bring you to NXT. We want you to do this. We're going to change your name. We want you to do this and this and this. And you go, No, I don't want to do that. You don't? Well, okay, well, I was gonna pay you. Still, I don't want to do that. If you're gonna butt heads and play and not play ball, you're you eventually blackball yourself out because you know you're gonna be deemed hard to work with. So, you know, you got an ego problem, you just won't be used the next time around. You know, and if you have a big problem, you'll be asked to leave before the show's over. You know, it is not, your ego has to be, your ego has to be in check, okay? Yes, we all get big egos at times about who we are, like the crowd popping and are you drawing people? I get that. But at the same time, you need to be humble about it. And, you know, it goes back to making things believable, you know, if you don't want to lose or you don't want to do something, why? Why don't you? What? What? You know, you need to have a better excuse because of just saying I don't want to. There needs to be a reason, you know. You know, are you a champion somewhere closer by that you don't want to lose because of you know prestige? What is the issue? What is the underlying issue? If you just saying it for the sake of saying it then you don't want to play ball. Then you don't want to be a team player. If you don't want to be a team player, you know, then you're going to be off the team. And if you get off this team, you'll go to another team. It'll be the same way. Each company is going to be like, look, if you're going to be hard to deal with, we're not going to, we're not going to use you no more. All of a sudden, now you're on the outside looking in going, man, if I would have just been a team player, I've been wrestling here, here, there, and everywhere. But now I'm not because of my ego. You know, so it's got to stay in check. You know, so it gets dealt with. it. guys have a problem, you know, it's gonna be this way, or you can leave. The choice is yours. You know.
0: Um, and then one thing I've always wondered, like, I'm obviously you've probably traveled a lot. What's it like working for different companies? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back a little bit, but I, I think I saw you at WPW. And then I've seen you at CCW and then Outbreak. And, you know, what's it like working for different companies? How do they run things differently?
2: Um, honestly, like, I, I love all the companies that I ever wrestled for. Like, I've never had any issues with. like, And, yeah, everybody does their things a little differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. As long as they get to the same point, you know, I mean what is the company trying to do? Trying to make money. That, that's that's the biggest thing. First and foremost, if you're running a wrestling company, you know, even though they tell you not to, you know, we tell you you're trying to make money, don't run a show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the object of any business is what? To make money. So, you got, you know, people will put on whoever they think that will draw people to bring people in to make money. You know, so, like, being at WXW, you know, you know, you, you know, I've never wrestled them, you know, but I've been to their shows, you know. I think Sam does a great job up there, you know. with Rob, I'm usually one in charge up there, too. He makes me in charge if I'm there. If not, then he's in charge. But um, I think it's, it's great because every company does things a little different, and that's fine because you don't want the same thing over and over and over. You always want a little something different. So it's not the same thing, you know. So but uh, honestly traveling and, and wrestling for as many companies as you can, that's the object here. You know, we're called independents for a reason because we can go wherever we want when we want, but that's our terms. You know, we have to make the terms for that company. Doesn't matter how close or how far it is. That company's out in Minnesota, and if they're gonna, you know, pay you to go out there and they're gonna take care of you then you'd be a fool not to go. But at the same time, you know, you have to be careful of companies that, you know, especially coming further away, that, you know, make sure that they have a decent reputation, you know, homework. You know, the internet, you know, is good for that now. You know, you could, you know, hey, has anybody wrestled for this company or that company? You know, everything's out there nowadays. You know, years ago, we didn't have that. It was kind of like, let's go and see what happens. You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean variety I think is a very good thing for companies just because it keeps it fresh. The the boys are a little, you know get a little different and you know if it's not it's not the same boys, you know, some you know, you get to see different guys in different shows, you know. That's what also makes it fun too, because you get to see guys you haven't seen in a while. It's like, Oh, I didn't know you were gonna be here. That's awesome. Now you made your day and now you're shooting the shit with guys for the rest of the night until the show's over, and going, Hey man, hope to see you down the road again. All right, cool. You know, so yeah, I think it's great, you know, because we like said it—the variety is what makes it.
1: So um, we didn't ask you at the beginning, um, and I just thought of it. Uh, so it's a two-part thing. Who made you want to get into wrestling? Who were like some of your influences? And then, producing-wise, who do you look at and try to like somewhat emulate?
2: Um, I started watching wrestling at a young age, you know, and. You know, my biggest thing when I was growing up was Saturday Night's Main Event. Um, <laughs> <I> remember that <laughs> being a, living, you know, living on a farm, being out, you know, we never, we never had cable, you know, so we just had the basic stations, you know, from the antenna. So thank God for Saturday Night's Main Event, you know, Wrestling Challenge or Superstars or whatever on Saturday mornings and stuff. So, um, you know, I remember watching, you know, Hogan, you know, guys like Savage. You know, and then, like, when I went to start to go, you know, once I started getting, like, into high school, you know, hearing about, you know, my couple of my friends were big WCW or NWA at the time, NWA guys. So we would get together and watch, like, Starcade and, um, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, I just, like, watching wrestling, I was always, you know, being on a farm, I was always a big guy, Always, always loved Challenges. You know, when I was out, when I got out of high school, right as I got out, I was on a powerlifting team, and I never really got to compete much. But I was on the team for a little bit. We went out to Clearfield for a meet and stuff, but we uh, did a couple of those. But I, like I said, I never really like. I was on the team, but I never really got a chance to to do anything. But I, uh, you know, I always wanted to. When I see stuff it's like a challenge, it's something I like. I just love the way, you know, in the ring doing stuff like. You know, I just thought it was amazing how those guys like were beating each other up. But then, as I got older, and you looked at it, we're like, you know, that goes back to that question of the fans: like, is this really real? Like, are they really doing this? You know, and and you didn't know because back then, you know, everything was tight. You know, kayfabe was tighter than can be. Like, you know, you know, everybody said this stuff is real. So when you see somebody like. You know, uh, somebody like, you know, like the Minnesota Wrecking Crew or somebody like breaking, like, somebody's arm, you know, in a, you know, in a, in a car door or something, you believed it. You know, you, you, somebody broke their leg, you believed it, you know, because it just the reality looked like, oh, man. You know, so, but, uh, you know, but as I watched it more growing up, you know, Hogan, Hogan Warrior, Savage, those are the big ones that, you know, from Saturday Night's Main Event, Demolition. Always, you know, those guys were always like. I saw them. I was like, oh man, like those guys are cool. And I and I and I knew Demolition before I knew about the Road Warriors. Then I heard about the Road Warriors. And I'm like, oh, you know. So like, it's kind of like I was more WWF than anything, and my friends were NWA, and they kind of like, you know, but uh, kind of spilled me onto the NWA, which I liked. But I was always WWF, and then speaking of producing and going into that part. I still say to this day, and WWE has the best producers, you know, hands down. And not just matches. I'm talking production, you know, like what they do. It just blows my mind. Their 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 packages that they put together. I mean, are second to none. Like I, would I like to be a Kevin Dunn someday? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, that's a big. You know, Kevin Dunn up there is is big. Like he's he's the guy that runs a lot of stuff up there. You know, he's in charge of a lot of stuff. But uh, you know, producing it, like I, I really, like honestly, when Outbreak said, "Hey, are we gonna do tapings?" I said to them, "I think I can video edit. It. I never did, but I'm willing to give it a shot." You know, and you know, i was like, okay, so I'm all self-taught, learning the video. You know, and I'm still learning. I mean, hell, I know I got a lot of stuff to learn yet. But you know, I I bought the uh, I bought the software, and I just started playing with it. And you know, I'm I'm learning more and more because I, I I like it. I real I'm really into it. It's frustrating sometimes because trying to get everything just right, especially if there's a retake or there's other stuff that's gotta. Like you know, that, you know that happens, but at the same time, you know I definitely uh, I'm definitely enjoying it. So,
0: and I, I think I've said what to happened. you before, you know, no, I, I don't think anybody will ever touch WWE in terms of quality. Um, but no, you right. That, there is that next level down, you know, like Impact, Ring of Honor, where it is possible. You know, WWE has all that money. You know, so they can afford the the and that, high quality. Right. And, 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 and,
2: and that's the difference, you know. Right, exactly. Because, like, you know, you know, nothing against, like, AEW. They, they're doing good stuff, too. You know, Impact, Ring of Honor. They all have good stuff. Like, you watch some of their stuff, and it, it's decent. It's really put together. But it's just, like, when you look at it and then you see WWE, you're just like, it's, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like, there may be other people think it differently, but. Yeah. I look at production. I don't look at WWE for just the wrestling. Like, like people are like, oh, how can you watch WWE? Well, I watch WWE not just... Before, I watched it to see the guys wrestle. I watched the referee. I watched how things go. Now, I'm watching it as going, how they're video editing, how they're taping stuff, how they're doing stuff. Now, like, people are like... And and I never understood it until I started editing, like... People on WWE were like, man, they cut all the angles all the time. You know, it makes you sick. But now I know why they do it, because if you change an angle, if something big is going to happen, they change an angle at last minute, they don't know if you hit them or not. Yeah. You know, it's the art of that. Did he clobber him? Didn't he clobber him? You know? And if you get a different angle that maybe shows a better angle of it, you know, if somebody misses on a punch, but an angle catches where it looks like it hits them, sure, you're going to take that every time. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, but production is the art of covering anything up that needs to be covered up. The ring announcer, the, uh, the commentators put over what's going on, telling the story. You know, of course, and the wrestlers are telling that story in the ring with the referee. So it's one big production. They're all working together. You know, so that's like, that's what intrigues me. It's like, yeah, Vince has the money to do it you know, maybe, you know, and AEW does too, don't get me wrong, but I don't know, I just, for me, I see night and day production-wise, not wrestling, you know, because people, people are like, oh, they're wrestling, I'm not, I'm talking production-wise, yeah, WWE has it hands down.
0: Oh, yeah, that entrance camera, that, that 8k entrance camera, where it looks like you're, you know, looking right at them, but, and I, have seen your quality on Outbreak, um, and it, it, Again, it's definitely possible to get to Ring of Honor Impact. You know, you guys don't look like just some random, oh, let's tape this and let's have fun with it. You know, you have some decent quality stuff. You know, you look at other local shows and it's like terrible lighting, terrible camera. You guys, I've seen what you've done to the place and it's just amazing at how much you put into it and it shows.
2: Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, well, that's the thing, too, is like we're always looking too. like, you know, you look at like Ring of Honor, you look at the Monster Factory, they are doing stuff. So you look at their lighting, you know, and then we have, you know, some guy like, well, you know, thanks to Ian Bush, you know, he's the one that did a lot of it. You know, uh, Brock, he also helped with 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 the dungeon and everything. But like, you know, he made that vision, like, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? You know, because, he, you know, he helped put stuff together, you know, because, yeah, if we're going to do it, I, I want to do it right. I don't want to do it half-assed, I, you know. I'm going to do it half ass, Why should I even bother? You know, I, wanted the, I want the best production out there to, for the guy. So, you know, when I put matches together, they can go on YouTube and go, hey, man, that's my match, you know. Use it, you know. Send it to somebody, you know. If it helps, do great, you know. That's why I put the titles on. That's why I put everything on. I try to get the best angles possible because, you know, you know, I was there once, you know, and I didn't have that opportunity. You know, when we were, you know, Hey, we're going to tape this. Yeah. You got, you got your camera, you know, you set it on a tripod and, you know, you walked away from it now, you know, guys are taping with cell phones and cameras and, you know, you can send links to YouTube and all that stuff now. So it's a lot different now than it was years ago. So, you know, if I'm, I'm giving back what I can, so my knowledge is not only for wrestling, but if I can help them look better in the ring in general, it's my job now, you know, so I, I need to do that.
0: Um, is there anybody that you've trained or who you've had the opportunity to work with that's a big star, you know, that made it to the pros or have you worked with anybody in the pros?
2: Um, well, there's a guy down at NXT right now that's producing, and that's Steve Carino. You know, we trained Steve, you know, so, um, as for, you know, we trained a lot, we trained a lot. If you talk to guys like, uh, Rob Noxious, you talk to guys like Adrian Bliss, they run Valor and CCW, um, you know, a lot of their roster, like, well, I, I trained, I trained Bliss you know, uh, Rob came down to my school. I helped with him, even though he didn't start his training. But a lot of his shows, and he points at me. He goes, if "It wasn't for Mark, you know. Three quarters of you know Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and you know, you know, the wrestling wouldn't be here today. You know, which maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. But uh, you know, I mean, like I said, being around as long as we are, we've we've had." We trained a lot of people, and we also had people come in to, and help train them to get better. You know, so we had a lot of those. Um, wrestling wise, I got to wrestle a couple few, you know, big names. You know, I'm very fortunate. My very first big one was Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh,
0: that's awesome! Wow, nice. Uh, matter
2: of fact, I got to wrestle him twice actually, but Bam Bam was my first big name that I got. I got to wrestle with. Um, King Kong Bundy was another one, and then uh, uh, talking about story-wise, um, my uh, my one buddy who lived in the area had moved to Wisconsin. He's a uh, matter of fact; he's um, in the politics out there, which I'm not into politics, but he's 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 uh, he works out there for the state. And um, back in 2011, he uh, he wanted me to originally come out. Do a show because they were going to start up shows in uh, in Wisconsin, and I originally told him. I said, I'm, "I'm booked here in the area. I'm like, I, you know, I usually keep my word. I just can't, you know, drop it." And he understood. He goes, "No, he goes, I get it. You know, really wish I could have had you here, but it's fine." So weeks go by, and we're like two weeks out, and the the show here canceled for whatever reason. So I text I text Julian, and I go, "Hey." I go, um, that spot still available? He goes, absolutely. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, who am I gonna wrestle? He goes, and he goes, the Outlaws. And I was like, okay. I'm like, the Outlaws. I'm like, uh, I'm like, is there is that a tag out there? I'm like, who am I gonna tag with? He goes, he goes, no. he goes, the New Age Outlaws. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. No. I was like, um, okay. He goes, uh, the, the manager, there was a manager out there and Teddy Fine. So he teamed me up with Teddy Fine. And uh, actually, <clears throat> he kind of threw me in. And we were the tag champions, even though I was never, I mean, he just kind of threw us together and made us the tag champions. But um, uh, we were going to do a three-on-two handicap with the manager and everything. So I was like, okay. So we go. We're backstage. So <laughs> it, it's funny now. It wasn't back then, but now I can laugh at it because nothing against Teddy and uh, uh, Winky was the. Uh, I forget the his real name. There, uh, his gimmick name was Winky, and uh, uh, he was a manager. He never wrestled before. Teddy Fine probably hasn't wrestled in about five years. So, and so like this is like one of his first matches back. So we're like so they were in the backstage there and it, we're in a big arena and there's probably eight, nine hundred people that are there because there's other names there besides the outlaws. Um I think Carlito was there, um Al Snow. Um might have been another name or two that were there. So it was a it was a big show to begin with. So so we're we're in one of the dressing rooms, and so the uh uh, Billy comes up to the one guy. I goes so he goes, how long? He goes, how long have you been wrestling? He goes, I'm just a man of driving wrestled. And I could just see a look on his face, and I, I see Road Dogg's look too. And he's like, okay. Turns to Teddy. Goes, how long have you been wrestling? He goes, well, I think I've been wrestling about, you know, like 12 years, but I haven't wrestled in like five. So they're looking at him. They're like, I can see them rolling their eyes, going, Jesus, like what do we have to work with here. They turn to me and they go, How long have you been wrestling? I go, 20 years. Like, okay. I'm like, yeah, I said I wrestle almost every weekend. So they're like, oh, okay. So in the meantime, like the opening spot was going to be a simple with uh, Billy Gunn. it'd be a simple, like the the manager was gonna start lock up, headlock shoot off for a tackle and, you know, was going to bump the, uh, the manager. Teddy was going to get in, um, bump Teddy, tag me in, uh, bump, but I, I don't bump. He, you know, Billy would bump and then, you know, we'll figure something out from there, you know, to get something going. Well, in the meantime, uh, my, one of my students, Glenn and Dennis Reaper were, on the show as well, they were gonna wrestle each other and they had a match put together. So it was Glenn's first match and they went over and over into school. So Glenn comes in and goes, Hey, our match is on. He says, We're up. You know, I was like, oh, okay. So I said, uh, he goes, We're up in like we're up in like, you know, like another match or two. I was like, all right. And like Rodol looks to me and he goes, Yeah, I said first match. Road Dog like, "Oh man!" He goes, "I love Trainwreck." So they go out and watch their match. Well, they they everything they were supposed to do, they hit really well. Match went well, you know. They came back, and we were getting ready to go out because we were early. I think we were like two matches after them or whatever. Uh, Road Dog comes to me. He goes, "Hey!" He goes, "When Billy bumps?" He goes, "I'm going to come in." He goes. Give me a tag log, I'll, I'll bump for you as well and roll out. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, whatever you, whatever you want. I'm like, you, you know. So, and honestly, in 2011, speaking of this match, uh everything was kind of getting stale around this area. It was it wasn't fun. There was a lot of drama going on, so it was one of them like you know i don't want to say make it or break it but like be able to you know to be in the ring with the outlaws you know um you know it was a breath of fresh air cuz like uh so we went through the match and in the beginning same thing and of course didn't road dog get caught road dog get caught trying to come in the ring and almost fell he ran at me I, he tackled bumped out they're outside okay and like it's funny because like they're out there having a great time. You know, before the match, you know, the one guy he, like threw him a beer and whatnot all. Uh matter of fact, um, Road Dog almost slipped. And like Billy's like, Yo, X Pop, take it easy. You know? <laughs> and I'm just sitting there I'm sitting there going, You know, I, I'm a heel, like and they're just and they're having fun. And I'm looking at this going, maybe this every night they have all this much fun. I'm like, yeah, it just needs to be fun. I just want to have fun. So we went through the whole match and everything went good and, you know, everything went well and they, they thanked us and everything. I thanked them and everything and they're just like, you know, and I, from there on I realized I'm like, it's just all about having fun. You know, I just want to go out now and have fun, you know, and that kind of rejuvenated me as of like, hey, you know, yeah, it was a 16-hour trip one way, but in the end it was worth it, you know. We got a chance to work with the outlaws, you know, like, you know, not many people get that opportunity, you know. And at um, least they were uh, good but, sports,
0: too, you know. At least they were, you know, fun. Yeah. You know, I've heard yeah. some stories about these big shots coming and, you know, not being so friendly. But, you know, that's always a great Right, thing. yeah. I,
2: uh, I got to wrestle Jim Duggan at one point down outside of Pittsburgh. His ankle was ball. He had Achilles problems, and and so he wasn't – his best, and uh, I told him, I'm like, look, whatever you want me to do, I'll do, you know, because it was a, uh, it was like a tag match, and um, uh, he uh, he um, I went to use his board, he took it from me, he hit me, you know, his partner hit the finish on me, one, two, three, you know, so, but he was cool about it. Uh, something that's not on tape, and I don't know if I'll ever find it. We did a show, and I'm gonna ask. Godfather, if he remembers, hopefully I can talk to him for a little bit come July. We did, a, I did a ring rental in Jersey, and like the, one of the only times the Godfather was at an indie show, like did a favor for the guy. And you know they had a couple girls there for his hoes, so I said to the promoter, I "Go, how funny would it be?" If I said, "If like me and a couple of guys dressed up as like hoes, and <laughs> as when he called them out, we came out and said." <laughs> so the Godfather was like, "Yeah, let's do that." So they put some makeup on me. They, I tried to find like some kind of like dress. So I, I think I just wore like a table. I took like I think they took like a uh, like a like a, a tablecloth thing and wrapped it around me. I put my shirt up. They dolled me up. So he did the thing like two, it was me and my buddy. We went out. He like did the whole thing. We come walking out, and they were playing the music. And he's just like, "What the hell's going on?" So he does the whole thing where and i'm like uh, and i'm like yeah what do you think so what does he do he he punches us he sends us into the rope you know splash you know gives us the hoe train in the corner fall down i give my buddy the infamous headbutt ball shot we roll out sell it to the back and the girls come out and do their thing so but uh you know so we did something with them but uh you know that was fun and then uh i got to wrestle with demolition axe uh demolition smash so I mean, I had I was blessed with the rest of a bunch of names. So I mean, still think I might be missing somebody yet. But uh, um, Patriot, I wrestled the Patriot of course uh, multiple times. But um, yeah, when it came to big names, I was I was blessed, and I'm very very fortunate.
1: That's awesome. That's very cool. <laughs> is there any one guy like you really like to work with? Like it's just for you like a night off? Like you hear guys say like, oh, if I wrestled this guy. I can sleep and get through the match. Cremator. <laughs> you ever wrestled Cremator.
2: Cremator. I wrestled Cremator so many times I, I've lost count. Like, we probably wrestled hundreds of times, you know. And, you know, wrestling him, it was easy, you know. I, you know, I do a couple things. I bump him, he gets back up. I sell, I scare, oh, my God. I take some more, eat and he just beats me up. I think of all the times that I wrestled him, I think I won maybe three times, four times maybe, <laughs> you know, because I always put him over. I'm like, you're a big, scary dude. You're like, you've got to get over, you know, and he was a big face everywhere he went. So wrestling him, I'm like, hey, we're going to do this, 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 yeah, go out there and have fun, and we did every night. And like I said, we wrestled a bunch of times. So wrestling with him was always fun. I always had, We always had good chemistry, you know. We kind of knew what we were, you know. We talk a lot too. That's the other thing. We did a we did a gimmick years ago called the Intimidators, Whereas me, my brother, uh, Cremator as another gimmick, and then Outlaw Max Crimson. So we were known as the Intimidators. Jim Brannigan. So you know we teamed up a lot. We wrestled. We teamed a lot. We wrestled against each other a lot. So we got to know each other very very well. So getting a wrestle Cremator, yeah, it was a night off because it was just so easy.
0: Uh, are we gonna see you in the ring again, or are you unofficially done?
2: Uh, I I am uh, officially done. I mean, I will. You always say never say never, but the odds of me ever getting back in are that that window is closing quickly. So. I mean, there's a but, big uh, show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't see you won't see me in the ring on that one. I can guarantee you that. So. <laughs> Anything else
1: before we? Uh, uh, but, uh, no, just uh, are you looking forward to seeing anybody in particular at the big show in July? With all the guys that are coming in, is there else? Uh, I
2: mean, I, I I honestly can't wait. I gotta be so ha- I can't wait. I mean, I, like there's so many guys, but uh, um. Anybody in particular? Um, there's so many guys coming. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've met them all a lot. I mean, I should say a lot of, you know, uh, like I met Ray Apollo a few times for doing. I mean, uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it because it's they're like I don't say it's a reunion, but like so many guys that are gonna be there. And uh, you know it's our first live show in a long time. so you know, I'm just gonna enjoy it, you know and if I mean, I don't know if there's any more surprises that are coming, you know, I don't know if everybody's been announced yet, but you know, I look at it as I'm gonna I'm gonna be there all day. And it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh, I'm just looking forward to the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's really gonna be uh, I, th- I a think it's
1: gonna experience. be emotional for oh, you yeah. guys that when the show starts that night. Yeah, it's been I mean, over
0: a year for you guys for a live show, you know, so when that yeah building gets yep. full,
2: it's going to be like,
1: oh, wow. You hear that you crowd. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, you know, like, like it's one of them things. This is, this is going to be like our Christmas morning, you know, where we're like, it's coming. We can't wait for it and just, you know, and we're waiting, you know, and we want to rock it too. It's not like we just want to be there and just like, hey, we did it, you know put on that show. We wanna, you know, we just wanna make it you know, people were like, Wow, you know, we're back. So hey, you know what? Shows are happening here. Now it's time to, you know, up the ante and hopefully we can start drawing good and getting guys, you know, getting people into the building where we can draw and, you know, keep doing more shows.
0: And I hate to be cliche, but I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like I I can just I know the crowd in, in this area, and it, it's just going to be emotional. Like, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be loud. It's going to be yeah. exciting.
1: I, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, yeah. too, especially since we're going to be a sponsor of, of the show. Our, yeah. You know, we, uh, right.
0: We're very grateful for you yeah. guys
1: giving us the opportunity. Yes. Yeah. To,
2: um, yeah. I mean, I you. I, I, you know, like, thank you cuz uh, like you know and like i told like antonio messaged me a couple times like hey thanks for sharing thanks for this we're all in this together we're all help, trying to help each other to get better and promote and get our own brand out and do our own thing so the more we help each other the more we share the the better this becomes for everybody you know i want this experience to be something great i don't want to be there and it turns out to be a, a nightmare you know so I think you know, I think when it comes to that day, like I'm not gonna sleep the night before. I know that it's gonna be one of those deals where I just like I just can't wait, you know? oh, yeah that, that whole weekend is
0: gonna be sleepless
2: uh, yeah, I, I think this will be my <laughs>
0: first uh wrestling convention, my first convention in general, so I'm excited right. um, I, I'm it's yeah, really be, going be to be a fan fest, you know it's um
2: yeah, yep.
0: And everybody's going out of their way to make sure that it's it's gonna be great. Um,
2: yeah, exactly we thank
0: yep. we thank you for coming on to our show, being our guest. Thank we you, we appreciate your time. Thank
2: you for having me. No problem. We, we appreciate I, everything I appreciate that it.
0: you and Outbreak are doing. Um, so thank you for being a guest on our show.
2: No problem, thank you guys. They- I appreciate it. You know, I mean, I look at it this way. It's time for me to give back where I can. Yeah, you know, I you know I, n- I never traveled the world, traveled the states a lot. You know, I never got my name out there. You know, I mean, I think Troy and I have a decent reputation when it comes to rings and school-wise, at least. But uh, you know, now is my time to give back to whoever is needs it. Whoever, whether it's kids that want to train, guys like you are trying to do something in the wrestling business to make. This is better, you know, it's time now to get back where I can and whenever I can. So I We're, thank you.
0: We appreciate everything that you do. Yes, um, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, and I can't wait to see what July twenty fourth has in store. I know it's gonna be great.
2: What uh July twenty fourth is gonna be off the charts, I'm sure.
0: And I've seen what you've done so far with outbreak quarantine and everything, and it's just amazing how far you've come. So
2: Thank you. I watching you
0: that. as a child, thank you for everything.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Um, I don't have anything else. So, again, know. thank you for coming on. It was an honor. We enjoyed this.
2: No problem. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Thank we'll you.
0: see you next time. Thank you.
2: All right. Take